We've just discovered Jim Jenkins did a podcast. <gasps> not like not like he ran one, but he was on an episode. Nick Animation Podcast, Episode 8. Yes. And we're hoping that he starts it off with, hey, before we start, let me say this. Fuck the funny papers. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna know. Whatever. Happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Someone draw me a Doug Pepe the Frog, please. No. And Jim. Now I want you to remember, no bastard ever won a war by dying for his school. He won it by making the other poor dumb bastard die for hers. Well, today we cover episode 39, part one of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. And episode 39, part one's title is Doug's Great Beat War, and then in parentheses, Doug Operation Moody School. And then a colon, The Rebeginning. <laughs> it's also funny as if you're following on, along on YouTube, this one is called Doug's Hot Property. Episode 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least we finally exited the era in which we have to buy them, so <laughs> we did it. We're back into the We're back on schedule ones. until they fuck the schedule up again. Uh-huh. We're back, for, we're back from the time hole and we are back in broken time. And I guess what signifies that is that this episode, they finally say cream again. <laughs> it's so, long enough, goddammit. We're out of the cream. We're back into the cream cycle, or they might be known as the creamsicle. <laughs> this episode <laughs> ends with basically people just going, LOL, just kidding. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of Doug episodes, right? It's LOL, right, why do you care? One, this one, they didn't even try to come up with a, uh, oh, this is what's going on here. This is yeah. a particularly jarring end oh, to an yeah. episode. <laughs> and the reason why it's particularly jarring is they do a good job building up the tension in the first half. Yeah. It's weird, right? That they like hey, actually- think something's going to happen. Yeah, it's kind of weird. There's a setup, there's tension, and actually, one of the things that makes this episode interesting is they break one of the cardinal rules of Doug. This is a place with no sorrow or discomfort or any of that shit. No, this time, there is anger. And mm. how anger expresses itself in people is examined. And how somebody like Doug interacts with that. You may tell me, rightly, that the answer is, duh, badly. <laughs> yes, but how he does it badly is interesting. There's yeah. room for character work here, and they actually do some. It's weird. It's we like also see where Judy goes to school finally. Yeah, and they give yeah. the school a name. Yeah. Like she goes to school in every '90s conservative's nightmare of education. <laughs> and it's for the gifted students too. It's not just uh, artsy stuff because it says school for the gifted. Right. And there's like, yeah, there's a bunch of different ways that you can be gifted, I guess. I, yeah. Well, you only see the art ways, but yeah. Sure, sure. Okay, well, let's get into this one. So it begins with a kind of a weird scene where Doug is being executed by firing squad. Took long a fuck enough. Finally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doug says, Today, Bluffington School declared war. And the Commander-in-Chief's first order was to punish the school traitor. Me. Uh-oh. 
punish me, Daddy Owo. <laughs> also, I mean, good order of operations there. Having achieved total power in some kind of a coup, bloodless or bloody, I don't particularly care. Number one priority of this administration is the execution of the coward Doug Funny. Yeah, and so it sort of implies that the commander-in-chief was Roger in this, because Roger is giving the execution order, but Roger might just be a sergeant, right? Like, Roger might just be, like, the one who is told, the like, head of the executioners, right? So we don't actually know who, uh, uh, like, Patty. the commander is. Patty's the commander-in-chief. It's the Sleeches. <laughs> yeah, it might be any of these. I guess, yeah, later we do see the Sleeches, like, kidnapped by, like, the opposition. So maybe they are the leaders or, like, some kind of high force, right? Also, we'll note these guards that are about to throw paint on Doug in this fantasy. One of them, like, licks his lips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, at the, <laughs> thought, <laughs> at the thought of murder, just like, oh, yeah, give me some of that shit. Yeah, as Roger, like, is in, like, an SS uniform commanding cops in blue. And then yeah. they cover Doug and goo. Yep. They throw red and orange paint all over him. They're not actually there to kill him. They're just there to cover him in paint. Ruin his outfit. Because yep. we realized midway through drawing this that, wait, having them shoot him would be a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, after this firing squad... Uh, we cut to the title card and come back, and it appears that Bluffington Elementary has been, they say that they've been working on their float all week for the all-county school parade, and they are competing against the Moody School, that being Judy's private school that we've never heard before. It's called the Moody School. I think we actually did hear about this once before. We had an extended riff about the movie school. Oh, I think that was actually the Moody School. You're so right. Oh, my God. Okay. I don't remember anything about the context. I just remember being like, ah, shit, we misheard that. Son of a bitch. Okay. This is the school that Mike failed out of is the movie school. (laughs) Yeah. This is a real tragedy for me because as per the ancient law of the sidebar warriors, any who encounter me now can just kill me dead with this knowledge. So (laughs) when I'm inevitably destroyed and replaced by somebody else with a slightly different voice and a slightly different flavor of sidebar, you know why. It's these two idiots problem. Avenge me. We'll just bring on one of your siblings. It'll be close enough. Right. Yeah, yeah there yeah, we yeah. go. They'll be, like, able to say smart things about other stuff, and we'll be like, wait a minute, this isn't about useless things. <laughs> and yeah. then we'll finally realize. <laughs> Get out! Get it's out! It's relevant. How dare you? Bring Jim back. We need useless knowledge. <laughs> uh, I thankfully- need to know about the Star Wars Wikipedia. Thankfully, as this is possibly my last episode, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I can assure you, you'll be getting plenty of those today. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Uh, Well, so they're working on this float, and they they have made a robot named Mr. Beat. Mr. Beat off. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's a sign on it that says Beat Pride, and... It was made by the Sleeches. The, the, recall the Sleeches, the, the like twin brothers who are super into their computer named Brian. Uh, and they have created Mr. Beat, who says, You can't beat school spirit. It looks awful. I hate it so much. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. It's really bad. It kicks ass that it's really bad, mind you, but it's so fucking bad. Yeah. 
What what do you dislike about it? Describe it triggers it triggers my animatronic fear for some reason. Oh god. Like, well, like, I it is an face. animatronic and it is also an animatronic that for some reason the Sleeches decided it was a good idea to make out an animatronic that spews blood from its head. <laughs> Yeah, he, Mr. Beat pulls off of a, a a leaf, and so basically we have to say it is like a giant beat who has like robot a robotic face and like arms, and then he pulls off a top of his hat, which is more or less like a beet leaf on top of his head. He pulls it off, and a bunch of they say it's beet juice, but it's probably blood just fucking sprays out. And they can't turn it off while the sleeches complain about excessive juice flow. <laughs> fellas, don't you hate it when you've got excessive juice flow? <laughs> Am I right, fellas? I can teach you a very important program to avoid excessive juice flow in yourself and others. Step one, no foreplay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Beat, Kevin, excessive juice. Mr. Beat off told me how to deal with my juices. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Someone has to. I'm not backed up. My plumbing's a okay now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> thanks Thank you, to Mr. Beat off. <laughs> thanks to Mr. Beat off and his friend Brian the computer. <laughs> God. <laughs> Well, uh, they they talk about this for a while, and then now it cuts to the morning before the parade, and Doug and Skeeter are bringing paint cans into the gym, and then the door gets opened on them from the inside, and it is Chalky, BB, and uh, Loretta, and they bust the door open, and then they get surprised that Mr. Beat is gone. From inside. Like, it's a very weird perspective here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Beat! What happened to our float? It's gone. Yeah, they stole it. They? Don't play innocent. You know who I'm talking about. You do, Also, there's a quick frame of what was left of the uh, Beat float. And for some reason, there is a cross in the place of Mr. Beat. <laughs> yeah. From this, we derive that uh, their rivals at the private religious school across the way was actually <laughs> stole their robot because they committed the crime of fashioning a machine in the likeness of a human mind. Oh, my God. Well, they say that Doug's sister steals it, um, and Doug provides backup for where his sister was last night, which is, you know, weird to me because, like, if the school steals it, it doesn't necessarily have to be one person. That's it can be, a, can be several people that can steal it. <laughs> the logic here is extremely tenuous, but I'm inclined to give them a little bit of slack here just because that is, in fact, the point. They are going for people who are experiencing a great loss are not thinking completely rationally. They instantly go to the answer that makes the most sense to them and absent any more compelling evidence. Yeah, it's those fuckers in the Moody School who... We're really worried we'd beat them this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah get them, kill them. <laughs> Grab saws. We're going to Khashoggi these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, everybody just starts freaking out. They're just like, yeah, we'll fucking kill those guys at the Moody School. We're pissed. 
<laughs> they just grab like tools and start waving them around in fr they have saws and hammers and they're waving them in the air in front of each other's faces blood 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 <laughs> blood for beats blood for beats we need more juice for mr beat's head and as soon as Doug provides backup for Judy, everyone is just like, Traitor! <laughs> it's you! Yeah. You're an agent for the Moody School. Which is actually kind of true to life. Insofar as, yeah, no, we're building up our nice little mythology and you're throwing wa ice water on mythology. Nope, fuck you. You're doing this only to hurt us. Yeah. This is a bad thing that happens in real life and people have to learn how to deal with. Yeah. We are breaking many of the rules of Doug and as a result, a good episode is starting to develop. But, <laughs> Doug can tell but, this is all horse shit, but he realizes, oh no, I gotta play along. But here's the problem. Doug is just like, well, uh... I'm not a traitor. I, I know what I'll do. I'll go spy on the school for you. And if you think about that for a second, it doesn't make any sense. Because if he's the traitor, you know what he does? He goes home and plays video games. Yep. Or he goes and tells them that they're onto him or something, right? Yeah. right? He returns to his original agency. Right. Why would they trust him to be the guy that gets the information if they think he's a traitor? Yeah. I'll prove that I'm not the traitor by going and demonstrating that I will lie to anybody in the name of accomplishing <laughs> my goals. <laughs> Perfect. But again, That'll show kind you. of interesting. This is some real banality of evil shit. This is how you get all the, uh, like... I take the people who claim that back when racism was a lot more acceptable, oh, they weren't racist. Nobody's really that. They just kind of went along with it because it was easier. You're seeing an example of how that's done here. You see, well, I might not personally believe this, but fighting against the tidal wave of utterly unmoored hatred would be too hard, and so I'll go along with it because there would be consequences for me if I didn't. Oh, That's and it. Like, we're seeing Doug demonstrate that he's one of the people who, uh, there's that great, uh, quote, if there's ten Nazis seated at a table and you, there's eleven Nazis seated at the table. Mm. There's kind of that same dynamic going on here. Yes, you acknowledge this is all nutty, but you're a little bit too afraid to speak out. This would be a blistering condemnation of the way the so-called silent majority functioned after, say, 9-11. They were like, yeah, sure, we all recognize it's a little bit nutty, but, well, we should just go with the flow. I'm sure we'll all wake up eventually, and the body count will not break six, seven, nine figures. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it is like a like an exercise in, you know, groupthink in this and an exercise in like uh, just people getting rabid and looking for a scapegoat. Right. I mean, that's kind of the point of this. Yep. Mm. And to further uh, accentuate that point, they are yelling that it's war as they wave their weapons around They're 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 yelling that it's war. And uh, like Roger is basically like jumping up and down, taking like riling everybody up. Connie is crying and he's like, oh, Roger will make it better. <laughs> Look, they made Connie cry. 
You with a moody school sister. You did this to her. Right. Roger is, Roger has probably made Connie t- cry three times already this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah Rod, Connie's probably already crying, actually crying about something Roger did. And no, he's I don't just think like, Roger's sexually interested in Connie, so that hasn't happened. Oh, so that's Roger has makes. only ever bullied the shit out of Doug and the girl who Doug is interested in sort of by osmosis. <laughs> There's a very focused element to Roger's bullying. Exactly. I suppose that's true. Well, and he tried to bully Percy Femur that one time and then was showing up. And then, no. oh boy, that was a dynamic. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, they get ready. They're, they're calling Doug a moody spy and a moodyite. And then, uh, and Doug, the, and when Doug convinces them, that he's going to be their spy. He's like, oh, if you try to go there, there yourself, they will catch you, torture you, and make you read poetry. God, I wish that were me. <laughs> <laughs> All three at once. Mm-hmm. If only. That's probably, maybe Doug is like, yeah, that's why I'm going. I want that. <laughs> this is what I'm into. None of the rest of you are into this, so we'll just make it happen. Also, I'll note that they, the mysterious for another, they're not like us. They don't follow the same morality as we do. They don't feel any qualms about torture. This is going to be real fucking funny in a decade's time, by the way. Oh, Jesus. Well, uh, they all cheer for Doug as he offers his spy services. And including in this, we have to stress, I think this episode is huge evidence for Roger and Skeeter being the same person, the most we've had in a while. Because... Uh Skeeter is part of the group that is, first of all, calling for blood, and second, like, getting up in Doug's face that he might be the spy, and third, cheering for him that he's going to be the spy afterwards, right? Like, so Skeeter is hand-in-hand with Roger in all of these things. So I I think that maybe maybe they're both, like, they influence the two sides of Skeeter-Roger are influencing, like, the anxious part and the like hero part, right? Uh, that is being that is being uh, demonstrated by Doug in this. Yeah, the two sides are for once unified. Like there's the old gag in like Incredible Hulk comics. Like the worst thing that can possibly happen is when Banner and the Hulk are on the same page about something mm. because oh no, sorry, both of them have lost their weak point. You're fucked now. Yeah. So. As Doug, Doug realizes this by doing an awkward smile and staring at the sky like, hey, what are you going to do as everyone cheers for blood? Guess I got to go infiltrate these people who've done nothing wrong in the hopes of bringing about their destruction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we cut to the Moody School and we see it for the first time. It's insane and beautiful looking like there's stairs to nowhere. It looks almost like a... It looks like... The only way I can think to describe it is that it looks like a water park combined with a wizard's tower. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. like a kid's technology exploratorium or some bullshit like that. Like, it's one of those places that we make learning fun style places. Right. It's a discovery zone. Yeah, it's a discovery <laughs> zone. It is a gigantic fucking discovery zone. That also has a wizard tower. <laughs> this is every one of Jim Jenkins' nightmares about education made manifest. Yeah, but it's the school for the gifted that is right on the the wall outside. So, are we thinking like Sam? You mentioned this at the beginning that this is maybe more than just like artistically gifted, but maybe in this town, gifted just means artsy. I, 
I don't Maybe, know. Maybe, but I mean, we just see the art part because, you know, he's chasing after where Judy is. So. Sure. This is before the gigantic stem push, so it's entirely mm. possible that uh, this is Could have just... labs, too. We just don't see it. Maybe that's yeah. the wizard tower. Maybe the wizard tower is the science part. <laughs> yeah, that's where Al and Luce Leech would be were it not the fact their dad can't pay tuition. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe after he becomes uh, a famous baker, once he invents the perfect chocolate donut. In the Disney ones, Alan Moo skipped high school, but they still are in the show for some reason. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Doug's got a cool high school friend. I guess. Well, he has Alan Moo. Then again, they do both play electric guitar and are probably leading a band at that point. So yeah, they are cool. Good and point. they're playing video games in the 90s, that classic era of video games. Yeah, True. and that means they're extra cool. <laughs> they're probably StarCraft professionals now. Right, <laughs> if only. Well, uh, they they have a security gate for this school as well, uh, something that is definitely absent from Doug's campus. Uh, and there is, like, Doug gets ready to infiltrate it. He is dressed in a blue wig, a white tank top, an oversized green jacket, camo pants, camo boots, and then he also has, like, huge bags under his eyes and multiple earrings. Yeah, I'm not sure what the bags under the eyes are about. They go to great length to establish that's part of this character model, and it doesn't, like, what's that supposed to be? Screams junkie to me. Yeah. Yeah, looks like yeah a, okay. Definitely looks like a junkie. Or because like, we tie in the beatnik stuff to, yeah, it's the, we're going for the uh, street chic look. Everyone in the school calls him a clown, and he doesn't really look anything like a clown, but this joke plays out multiple times over the course of the episode. Yeah. Yes. Starting from the Skeeter saying he looks like a clown. But they like- are profoundly gifted, and we have identified that uh, Happy Funny's mark lies upon him. Perhaps it is in this garb and on the grounds of the gifted school that they can see, ah, the higher powers have touched this one. Oh, you shit. You've been marked so maybe- by the clown god. Oh, shit. So maybe this is... Uncle Happy's, like, street clothes. Oh, it's a school for the gifted in, like, an X-Men sense. Like, half of these people have mutant powers. I feel like Uncle Happy has, like, a different name. I think it's, like, Uncle Happy is from Argentina, but he also has a weirdly German name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Wait, what are you, where are you going with that? (laughs) Uncle, wait, uh, just, just sleep, gentle child. (laughs) Oh, okay. I think I know where you're going with that. God. Uncle Happy's biography from approximately 1939 to 1945 reads, I was sick that day. Oh, no. Well, maybe, okay, so maybe School for the Gifted, maybe they can see into the spirit realm, right? Like, maybe that's why, okay. It's a school for the extrasensory perceptive, like, extrasensorily gifted. If you have any psychic potential, you are sent here. One day, Judy will able to break people's brains with a wink. It's the X-Men. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So that's why, like, okay, when we're inside the school, it's all, like, the halls are in, like, they don't make any sense. There's no labels over any doors. There's no, like, all, all the halls are, like, jagged, and there's stairs to nowhere. Maybe all that stuff straightens out if you can see properly. Like, it's a, it's almost like a, uh, a You trap. use your eyes of flesh to see, foolish child. 
Right. It's like a, it's effectively like a trap for those who don't belong in the Moody School, right? And perhaps like it's called the Moody School. And I was thinking about that for a while. Like, where are they going with this, right? And I was thinking that it was like, oh, because moods, because emotions, because they're stupid. Ha ha. Only crazy artists have emotions, right? Like that was what my like base level thought on this was that they were making that joke. But maybe it's because you need to be in like a certain like mood to see into a different plane or like you need to like turn maybe it's the modi school and you need to put your mode your brain into a mode of higher functioning yes <laughs> like I, we're doing now all entirely vo- the thing is we are to steal a line from isaac asimov we are people who cannot see attempting to describe color to one another yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with our language is just going to fail to encompass this good point yeah it's impossible geometry <laughs> yes we are truly if we had hp lovecraft in here after we congratulated him on his cat's cool name no we could then proceed to have him describe this for us oh god yeah it would be uh oh maybe this is miscatonic you from yeah the, uh... this is no, this is miscatonic grade school this yeah. is a theater school for miscatonic you and several of the faculty also are part-time at miscatonic oh shit well, uh, Porkchop also goes in with Doug as they try to infiltrate, and he's just dressed in a beret. <laughs> Dog in a beret is not... No- well, actually, no, it is noteworthy, isn't it? Because the guard just is like, hey, no, don't. Yeah, so in Doug it realizes that he has to infiltrate this place, right? He can't just walk in because it's a school of a higher power. Uh, and so he goes into the fantasy zone and imagines, like, buff commando Doug, like, killing a bunch of guards, right? Doug Bow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Doug, Doug Rambo, Bo. yes. <laughs> yeah. But then we cut to, like, the real security guard who is playing video games, and that means he's awesome. And Doug doesn't kill him, except he walks in with Porkchop, so they're just, like, reading poetry together. Uh, so maybe this was like his way, like, okay, in the fantasy, he's killing all the guards, but maybe in this one, he's trying to like neutralize him by reading poetry to like bore him to death or like in the, in the <laughs> fantasy, he literally mercs a, just a group of people. Yeah. He yeah. straight up kills several people. Throws a guard tower down on top of people, killing the guy in the guard tower and all the people that it falls on. Yeah. Yeah. But in this, so maybe he thinks that it's just as deadly to hear his poem, that being... Ah, yes, tis so true. Nothing is as loverly as a tree. (laughs) Super deadly. (laughs) (laughs) Crickets chirping sound in the background. Uh (laughs) Well, the guard tries to stop him, though, because there are no dugs allowed. Or, (laughs) oh my god, no! There are no dogs allowed, but also no dogs allowed. That other one is an unrelated rule. Yeah, I think that was just a slip. I was just like, obviously, there's no dogs allowed. There's no dogs allowed because some dogs can see some of what is here. Dogs can communicate with what is dwells in this place. And it is thus best to keep them away from anything that might empower them. That's a good point. Sadly, like the- this containment breach will not be punished, and as such, Pork Chop will ascend to yet higher, greater heights, courtesy of Doug's foolish machinations. Yeah, yeah, maybe, okay, so maybe in the timeline, this occurs very early, before, like, Pork Chop, maybe Pork Chop wasn't sentient before they came to Bluffington, so maybe this takes place in the timeline, like, way before this, right? 
like, 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 or excuse me, like right after they come to Bluffington. And this is how Porkchop ascends to speech patterns and ascends to being able to answer the damn phone, right? Hmm. Like going to the Moody School. Huh. Because I'm thinking about it. Yeah, because like dogs, they'd be able, maybe they'd be able to like smell the extra planar entities in here or like see through time. I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? Who is to say? There is no one who is to say, shut the hell up, you asshole. Who yeah. sent you? Yeah. <laughs> cut, cut, quick, cut, quick. No. Oh, uh, well. So the guard chases them down and then they hide in a dumpster that looks like cheese. I don't, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Doug could have just been like, oh, yeah, pork chop, just wait outside. <laughs> no, yeah, but come. they need pork chop to come in so they can do a cool gag later. It's right, true. They have to say that it's a gifted dog. They've yes. got to get that that part in. <laughs> yes. There also is a bit in here that I legitimately do like as the uh, like as Doug hauls off and runs towards the garbage can that looks like a piece of cheese. The guard very clearly can see Doug and Porkchop crawl in. He's just grumbling <laughs> to himself about, eh, they don't pay me enough to chase after kids. Which, yeah. you know what? Good on you, buddy. Totally. <laughs> Also, this does, like, your first sidebar of the day. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> okay. This was one of the, uh, like, it's one of the big things, like, some people swear up and down that they will solve the various uh, problems at schools by stationing cops there. This has a very gigantic problem in it that you have just seen demonstrated hugely. Imagine briefly that you are the local chief of police, and you've been informed you now have to station an officer at the local school instead of having them do any of the other shit cops are supposed to be doing. Sitting around watching kids is not a job you're going to give your best employees. In fact, it's probably where you're going to dump the shittiest ones. This is a well-known problem historically at its funniest and bleakest during the Cold War. Because if you had an absolute fuck-up somewhere on staff, you dumped him in the nuke silos. Because if you ever need him to do his job, you're all dead already. So <laughs> this guard is performing to the absolute peak of what you can expect a school security guard to be doing. Mostly just being there and making a note saying, yeah, somebody came in without authorization. What the fuck did you expect me to do about it? And then he gets killed by Doug <laughs> by reading also poetry. That. He has to listen to Doug's shitty poems. Yeah. This guard is here as a punishment, and he does his job about as well as you'd expect as a result. Well, uh, Doug and Porkchop are now hiding in the dumpster, and they start to overhear Judy talking to her friends. That is so cool, Sincerity. Oh no, Judy! Ugh. Man. Yeah, Q's big new beat will totally change the way people in this town look at floats. Agents activated. Agents operative. Who <laughs> is Q? Yeah. It's John and... Kennedy, idiot. <laughs> right, I keep on forgetting. God. And, like, this is what brings Doug to say a line. Q must be their leader very jarring to hear in 2021 oh yeah yeah Yeah. on the other hand it does allow you to ask our favorite question what did jim jenkins know and when did he know it (laughs) well they make at least they make doug scowl as he says it maybe jim jenkins is q oh you think so jim jenkins is (laughs) why not yeah for those of you who are not aware we actually did cover this way back in the dono podcast and sam summed it up perfectly 
But uh, there is this gigantic, dumb conspiracy theory called QAnon, wherein there's some guy named Q who tells the faithful that, no, really, Trump is engaged in a secret war against all the bad people, and that's why he didn't help you at all. And Q was also mentioned in this show before. Q was mentioned in the worst episode <laughs> that Q we will not be talking about further. When was Which Q one was that? Nope. <laughs> no, when was Q mentioned during that episode? We won't, of course, discuss that episode because it sucked ass. But when of was course, Q? it was at the very end when Judy was like about to leave to go to a party. And Doug needed to, like, clean up all her stuff from the basement. And she was going to Q's big party. So that was the first time Q was specifically mentioned. (laughs) Better put on my sister's clothes. Yeah, gotta make sure that Q gets uh, all the people he's looking for. Mm. Mm. (laughs) So, thankfully, it's not the same writer. (laughs) interesting oh god uh, imagining this episode in that guy's hands is a fucking trip yeah i mean i guess in this one he is still wearing judy's clothes true that's true all right he's wearing judy's clothes but he's also this is not established explicitly as a dom sub thing of course this is an infiltration yes Well, uh, they, they, they're like, all right, we got to get in there. And so they try to find their way into the art lab of this school. Well, wait a minute. First off, I just thought, what time is it right now? And like, is school going on? Because it was the morning when they showed up. Doug has fucked off from school, hasn't he? Yeah, because when they were working on the school, it was in the morning. And in this, Judy says that she's got a voice class soon. So they're during school hours. And then they say that the parade is later this evening. So it's all the same day. So Doug has skipped school to do this, right? Right. (laughs) Great, great benefit. Yeah. (laughs) Either that or it's one of those deals where, yeah, it's a private school. So they don't get all the government holidays off. Oh, so this might be... Uh, it's Columbus the, Day. Yeah. It's the Columbus Day beat uh, parade. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the regular high school gets it off, but the uh, the liberal arts high school refuses to celebrate Columbus Day. Makes sense. <laughs> good, good on you, the Moody School. <laughs> well, uh, so they Doug goes into the school, and it is just a fucking... Clown fun house of architecture, right? Yeah. It's a Dada's nightmare. Yes. Yeah. And so this is this leads credence to that this being like an extra planar area, right? That it's like th- there is impossible geometry. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's just the idea of what an idiot thinks postmodernism is. <laughs> yeah, we have two of Jim Jenkins' major interests: the occult and God. I hate what I think postmodernism is coinciding here. Yeah, kind of. And so they stumble, they just like open a door. They're like, all right, let's go in here. And they stumble into the, through the dark, they go into a stage of people who are dancing in costumes while a siren blares. (laughs) Doug, you keep doing this. (laughs) You keep stumbling into random doors and ending up on stages. Can you read, Doug? No. The thing that says stage, Doug, is the thing that goes to a stage. That's not an art lab. But we know he can't read. 
right? True, like, true. We've known this for many episodes. That I just fascinated this is the second time, oops, he accidentally stumbled onto a stage when he absolutely <laughs> doesn't want to go onto a stage. Yeah, true. When there's a thing that's a stage nearby. God. And, well, maybe, okay, we know that Porkchop can read and Doug can't. And later we find that Porkchop ends up wanting to be here. So maybe Porkchop, like, led him to here? It was that Porkchop That would make sense, yes. Porkchop has led him here to set up his uh, future public speaking career or whatever the fuck. Yes. Well, a director yells at a stagehand. Whoa, whoa, stop! Kill the sound effects! Huh? I said stop! Apollonius! The Neo-Hegelian clown isn't supposed to appear until Act 3! By God, is that sidebars music? <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew. I knew you. Were, I was setting you up. I was getting ready to just like set you up for the spike. I was like, if Jim's ever going to be doing this, a sidebar on this, it's going to be uh, the obscure turn to refer to a clown. It's going to be Jim's sidebar. Haggle is the guy that invented Kaggles. <laughs> yeah, that's who it is. That is the first thing. The other part is that this is a case of the writers accidentally stumbled dick first to something relevant. <laughs> okay. So, Hegel's one of the big-ass philosophers who had a whole bunch of big th- thinky thoughts that I'm not up on and one that I've been able to kind of wrap my head around. His Hegel. biggest deal is the dialectic, a concept that works like this. When there's a thing you believe and then you run into something that contradicts that belief, you have to figure out how to handle that contradiction and that is how human beings learn. Just don't think about it. That's the answer. Boom. Next question. <laughs> that is actually that is a viable resolution. Like for oh. example, as a child, Easy. you thought yeah, as a child, Easy. you thought Doug was good. This podcast <gasps> has told you Doug is bad. <laughs> don't remind us. You have sensibly gone about dealing with that contradiction by thinking Doug is bad, but it can be bad in a fun way. Otherwise, I wouldn't have listened to 70 hours of these morons talking about. (laughs) That is the dialectic in action. Now, Marxism, as a school of thought, was born from two German nerds taking a look at that and saying, wait, isn't that kind of how societies work? Like, a society has its fundamental principles, then it encounters something that contradicts that, and in order to compensate for that, it has to change itself? Like, for example, a society that believes the free market is the only way to solve problems might get hit with a a one-in-a-century pandemic that the free market can't do shit about. And so, grudgingly, the society has to make some changes in order to keep running. Marxism is neo-Hegelianism. And Mm. so the neo-Hegelian clown is a communist thinker. In the 1990s... Like all communists, am I right, guys? Oh, my God. America. Oh, my God, you're so right. <laughs> America. In the 1990s, such a figure can safely be disregarded. He's an object of fun, because we've reached the end of the history. Anyone who suggests there is any hardship, and therefore any change in our future, is inherently silly. He's not supposed to be here yet. He's supposed to wait till Act 3. <laughs> what idiot would say we'd ever need to change again? Look at the towers of the World Trade Center, rising into the sky like two middle fingers aimed directly at God. What clown would say such a beautiful utopia could ever end? Oh my god. Incidentally, the subtext of this is absolutely that Uncle Happy did 
Jim, I imagine that you were in your apartment right now just like sweating and pointing at like like drawings on your wall connecting Doug to different world events and just like pictures of philosophers. I mean, yes, but that's what I do when I'm not in the podcast as well. Yeah, I'm just yeah. doing kaggles now. <laughs> but yeah, basically Doug just got called a communist clown and the joke of Hey, yeah, it's the end of history. Nothing could ever possibly change. Hey, wow. what's that plane doing flying towards those towers? Oh, my God. Well, but Porkchop likes it. They they get amped as as Doug, the uh, neo-Hegelian clown, appears on stage. Porkchop is dancing. Porkchop is dancing as everybody stares on. So maybe Porkchop, as the intellectual in this show, uh, is able to understand that with endings come new positive beginnings. And so he's chit-chatting with death through the medium of interpretive dance. Yeah, because death watches on. There are two uh, definite costumes that we can see. There is a, uh, a a kid in a Grim Reaper costume and a girl who is covered in toilet paper, representing death and poopy. There are a couple <laughs> other ones as well. There is a guy in a mafia getup and someone in a classical clown getup, like the four different quarter clown. The guy pork chop talks to looks exactly like skeeter only with white face paint <laughs> it's probably just skeeter yeah probably just they're all just skeeter skeeter and roger are also deaf but the dog the intellectual dog dances so uh as all of the negative symbolism stares at him even throughout this the intellectual can see above and can find the the way to find joy even in disaster right uh sure thank Uh, you this is my thesis that i made up right now (laughs) i didn't write any of that down it's a good thesis but unfortunately your thesis will promptly encounter an antithesis and we must reach synthesis eventually oh no (laughs) the antithesis of course being the next bit which is just a standard random ha we'll just do running through random rooms bit gag yeah so Doug and, and and the dog run out of this this stage as we are told that it is a very gifted dog by the stage director. So no fucking shit, he can read. Uh, and then, so, well, before we go into the random rooms, we see another muscle Doug scene uh, where they, Doug is trying to, like, he breaks into the art lab and he sees Mr. Beat being corrupted and used as a torture device for the sleeches. And then Muscle Judy is there, too. Buff Judy, Buff (laughs) Judy, Buff Judy. (laughs) And Buff Judy, like, pulls Doug past a room full of, like, muscle people in Speedos. And then, like, people in people. Uh Keep going. My notes here are, why the rockets? Why the pool of gold shit being tended by shirtless slaves? Why the giant billy bass? The Mohawks man with only a Speedo needs no explanation. Why not, baby? (laughs) Yeah. Mohawk man with only a Speedo. Look, you know what? We all got needs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mohawk man in the Speedo is the reason the Billy Bass is on the wall. Mohawk man with only a Speedo. We've glimpsed the true form of Skunky Beaumont, and it's more beautiful than we could possibly imagine. Maybe the Sleeches invented Big Mouth Billy Bass. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why they're being punished and thrown in Mr. Pete. Right. 
We also see that presiding over like a tactical setup of like tanks in a town. A tactical setup that is also a pool table. It has a pool table's holes in the corner, which is kind of a neat visual gag. Yeah, so, but the tactical setup is tanks driving over a town, and this town is probably Bluffington, right? Uh, and general yeah, the liberals are going to one day conquer the uh, suburbs of Richmond, Virginia. This is known. And install muscle men in speedos. Oh, paradise. <laughs> oh, fuck This yeah. is the future that Antifa wants. <laughs> and General Q is presiding over them. But General Q has an M on her jacket. Yes. <laughs> Which is the most baffling uh. fucking thing. It's incredible. I love that. There was M- absolutely an edit at some point during all of this that changed around some very important details, but that's just so good. Yeah. That's proof that Doug can't read. Maybe that's what he thinks it yes. looks like. Oh, shit. Yes. Because this is Doug's fantasy, right? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. good points. Oh, man. All right, so he doesn't even know the letters. <laughs> well, I'm part of the uh, organization Q. The acronym goes Moriarty. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, Doug, then we go back to the real world, and Doug goes into an entire hallway of art labs, and he starts just opening each one of them up in a row, and each of them show very... Interesting and kind of distressing things. Yes. Right? The first one is a bunch of people who are covered in paint, slamming themselves into a wall of like a horrible shadow drawing of a giant headed man on the wall. They're like slamming paint into that. And a teacher presumably yells, Rodney, I'm not seeing enough torment. Jim Jenkins already did an episode about how much he hates the concept of Jackson Pollock. We're just going to recap that real fast here. Yeah. If I had a dollar for every time somebody told me that. That <laughs> you're not seeing enough torment on the walls? <laughs> yes. You'd have three dollars. Oh on the walls of a horrible shadow man. Mm-hmm. God. It's my face. Yep. <laughs> and the, the art and the paint are when I show pillows into my mouth. <laughs> That's where the torment comes from. And also the deliciousness. Right. Such succulent agony. (laughs) Yes. The next art room is someone violining on a watermelon in a jail cell. That's like society, man. Yeah, man. Takes a drag off my cigarette. I'm still so fucking upset that they actually had the Joker say we live in a society. That, that, that ruins the fucking It era. rocks. You know what? I, think. I, I have never seen that movie, and I couldn't tell until the moment you said that if that was a joke or not that he said that. <laughs> like, if that was actually in the movie. I had no idea. Nope. It's, in, it's in the Jack Snyder Justice League trailer. <laughs> oh it's going to be like a four-hour movie, and it's going to cost HBO Max like $90 billion. It rocks. <laughs> and it's going to be really fucking bad. Like, oh, there's yeah. this whole fucking stupid theory that Yes, this already awful, way too long movie. Surely, if we brought back one of the directors from earlier to complete his vision with a ton of CGI reshoots, that'll make it stop being a bad movie. <laughs> right. Do they bring back one of the funniest characters we've ever had? They did. His name is Joker. He says we live in a society now. Oh. It's, the jo- it's the joke clown. 
The dread clown. That it's none the of clown that sucks. <laughs> Plus, he's got depression. <laughs> he's Uncle Happy. Uncle Hat. Now that's what we need to see. We need the Zack Snyder cut, except for the Joker is replaced by Doug's dad. <laughs> Uncle Uncle Happy Rodriguez Hellman. <laughs> Gr- and then in parentheses, Grunty. <laughs> <laughs> Colon the first clown fucks. Yeah, first of his name. <laughs> Well, the next uh, one, the next room, is someone dropping a guillotine through a nice car, (laughs) cutting it in half. Shout out to the good people of, well, there's your problem, car bad, train good. Indeed. The next is someone using a welding torch and melting some clocks to create that old classic painting we know and love. that one painting we've all seen. (laughs) I I can't, it's like the memorance of time or something. Persistence of memory. There, there it go. is. The <laughs> that, memorance of time is, is a better name. <laughs> the one where clocks. clocks are melting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the next one is people singing opera while underwater. Drowning. Drowning. Yes, yeah, screaming to be released, and then Doug shuts the door on them. <laughs> it's like a it's like a cube section. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a gelatinous cube from D D. Uh-huh. <laughs> People are singing in it. The song is just, it's okay, this is our fetish. Yeah, <laughs> we did this on purpose. <laughs> the next one is someone floating in the air and moaning to themselves. <laughs> Somebody literally hovering, and when Doug sees this, the guy freaks out and tries to return to the ground. And he, f- he stops moaning. He's, like, moaning in the middle of us. Then he notices that he's being watched. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. He stops moaning. I mean, this is more, this is a mutant factory uh, evidence. Yeah. yeah. This is, hey, hey, I'm not at all capable of flight thanks to the powers I've developed here at the Moody School. Go home. You saw nothing. Shit, so maybe that's like the, the oh, okay, so maybe these rooms in this order are the, the stages of development for the mutants, right? So the very beginning, the I'm not seeing enough torment, that's like the mutant training school, right? You yes. have to be tormented in order for the spark to snap in your mind, and then your planeswalker gene comes out, right? <laughs> We've combined X-Men and Magic the Gathering. Let's see how many other pieces of nerd media we can get in here with yeah puberty metaphors yeah and then the violining on the watermelon in a that's jail when you cell. get the witcher potions yeah that's what they're that's what they're making they're making witcher potions the dropping the guillotine on a nice car is that's like cyberpunk 2077 yeah because it's a yeah. commentary and, car. Also, and also none of the cars work <laughs> um, then the welding torch on the melting clocks is you just have to uh, appreciate that's, art. That's easy. That's just like Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boom. Like, unique, unique nerd thing for everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the singing underwater is the Little Mermaid. <laughs> 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 that nerd reference we know and love. And then, and then finally, the floating, then screaming when you're in horror when you realize somebody's watching it is watching the new Disney project, WandaVision, which <laughs> I gather is a thing. Yes. You know what else it is? That's right, it's Magic the Gathering. Oh, shit. For the first time in this episode, <laughs> Magic the Gathering. 
Look out, folks. You can find references like this only on the Funny Papers and podcast. And at twitch.tv slash ghost wizards. <laughs> Everybody's favorite, Magic the Gathering Twitch channel. Oh, God. Oh, well, uh, somebody gives chase to Doug now after he's seen all we these We never see who this th- person is. It's just established, uh, somebody's chasing you. Dope. There's no time to think why. Yeah. After, after they see that Doug has made all these magic gathering jokes, and so they chase him in order to invite him to the comedy wing of the school. <laughs> Yeah, the comedy rock wing of if this- one of the cubes was just a dude doing stand up. <laughs> yeah, and one of the teachers is just booing and throwing <laughs> tomatoes. The comedy not- wing of the school is just an empty room with a gun and one bullet. <laughs> and the teacher, well, he's just like, hey, what does it do with airline food? And the teacher's like, I'm not seeing enough torment. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God. Well, uh, so Doug runs through door number 42. Uh, remember that that's reference? That number from Magic the Gathering. <laughs> this, that's the thing, though. This is, you can tell that that was an art joke, not a writer joke, because if it was a writer joke, they would have belabored it like crazy. This oh, is just, yeah. hey, it's just, if you know the reference, you'll think, ah, that's cute. And if you don't know the reference, who cares? It's a number on a door. Yep. That's the way you do a reference. Right. <laughs> Well, Doug also locks Porkchop out. <laughs> he slams the door and doesn't let him in. Just went all this trouble to get his dog on campus and then locks him out. It's uh-huh. pretty good. Yep. Oh, well, he finds Judy in this room. Although, he does not find Judy in this room. He's just taking a relaxing stop. I'm like, oh, good. I'm safe now. What do you think you're doing here? Judy! Uh, hi. Uh, that's my shirt. My pants. <gasps> my wig. Everything he's wearing are her things. I didn't order you to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're bohemianizing it too much. <laughs> and she she claims that Doug is just here to embarrass her somehow. <laughs> I mean, older sibling seeing younger sibling unprompted. That's not especially if Doug is 11 and Judy is 15. Completely believable motivation. True. Well, uh, Q then shows up. And uh, she is a, a just like a high, uh, whatever, high school girl with curly hair and overalls and glasses. And she does not look like a general, at least uh, on the outside. Maybe on the inside, she's keeping it on down low. <laughs> And she asks for help covering the big beat, even though it's already covered because we can see it in the background. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look, the thing about Q is that Q speaks in weird codes. You have to understand that Q requires constant collaboration with everything Q has said before, involving a very complicated (laughs) clock of evidence with literal red markings in MS Paint between things, and advanced numerology to understand exactly what is being said. Mm. It's choose your own adventure, but with reality. <laughs> oh, God. And to explain why when some guy on 4chan said, no, really, Hillary Clinton is going to be arrested by October 2017, he actually meant that, nah, she'd still be wandering around today. <laughs> oh, God. 
No, you see, uh, the one that's running around today is a clone. They actually oh. arrested and executed the original one. Oh, I see. Sam I'm... isn't making that up, by the way. That's what QAnon actually <laughs> believes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, rocks. Flashing text underneath the Funny Papers podcast. This is what QAnon actually believes. My flashing text has been on since the first episode of this podcast. I demanded it, and it has never gone off. <laughs> yes, this is a visual medium. <laughs> um, well, Doug grabs her phone and tries to call the school because he says that uh, people are standing by at Bluffington Elementary to come and wreck their shit. Even though the parade's going to happen in like 20 minutes here. Yeah, if that. Uh, and they're just like, they just don't even, no one picks up the other end of the phone and people are just start wheeling the float out of the, apparently this is also a garage because <laughs> they just wheel it out the back. Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, so Doug grabs onto this sheet that they have over their float. All right, Q, I'll give you one last chance. Hand over Mr. Beat or suffer the consequences. Mr. Beat? Don't play stupid with me. You've got it right under this sheet. No, not yet. God, I want somebody to just show up at a QAnon conference and just shout hand over the beat or suffer the consequences, Q. Be so <laughs> no, hand good. over Mr. Beat. Yes, hand over Mr. Beat or suffer the conferences. So good. So necessary. They'd instantly be killed by a bunch of ravenous 50-year-olds. But it'd God. be so fucking good. <laughs> I'll do it. Oh, cool. I Thanks. got this. Thanks for dying for the bit, Sam. <laughs> no problem. Easy peasy. <laughs> Well, then they just, like, as they're, like, holding on to uh, this float, they're dragging Doug through the streets, and then, hey, the Bluffington School float is just here now. And Roger is there with his arm around Skeeter, standing on Mr. Beat. And they're still merged, Roger and Skeeter are, and then Doug just lets go of the, 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 the sheet, and the float is now exposed. It is a white poster that says beat in black block text. This sucks and I hate it. <laughs> this this is not a beat. Yes. Get it? It's that art it's that pipe thing. But it I is think. a beat. <laughs> it just says this is a beat. Cause... This is not a beat though. This is a cartoon, Mike. Oh but this Whoa. is this is a symbol in a cartoon and we are here doing analysis of the cartoon we are beating up the cartoon It's actually a computer monitor that you're watching it on <laughs> You're all idiots I'm gonna, all do, I'm gonna do a hit of weed right now <laughs> You're all idiots okay. this is just sound waves being put out via everybody's favorite podcast app Yes this podcast brought to you by Viacom International. <laughs> Viacom International. We still have the rights to the Doug Facebook page and literally nothing else. Uh, well, everybody gets freaked out that they they took off the sheet. Uh, Judy is upset that Q's brilliant reductivist piece of conceptual art was exposed. So then they're just like every everybody's just like, oh, hey, but it's cool. Uh, we have Mr. Beat, and, like, we're fine. Like, why Why would you be here, Doug? But, Mr. Beat, you said they stole it. What are you talking about, doofus? Al and Moo just took it home to fix it. 
Just absolute instant, like, the engine drops out of the car when you're at 60 miles an hour, and just the passenger in the car turns and looks, he says, what, engine? We've just always been traveling at this speed. And Skeeter is just, like, grinning while he says this. Skeeter is in on this. He is the same. Fucking wrecked. Destroyed. (laughs) Absolutely. You can also see, in the background, you can see the Liver City float behind them. Which says Liver City, home of the liver mold. Gross. There's also a uh, New Hampshire, which I guess that means uh, New Hampshire is a county. I guess. No, New Hampshire is inside the same county. Yeah, because it's is a very of- packed county. Well, they said that it is what, like the cro- the all county school parade. Yeah, that yeah. was what it was called. So Liver City is in the same county, and so is New Hampshire. Maybe they're saying like all counties. Oh, (laughs) yes, every county in the state of Virginia comes in for a huge party. Maybe. And wait a minute. And now that I'm thinking about it. So we see a shot of like who is on the Liver City liver mold. And one of the people riding on it is one of the guys from the AV club. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, maybe he goes to Bluffington because they can't afford... uh televisions in liver city oh so maybe he like got a like a charter school raffle for a public school <laughs> yeah for just for that one class though. for oh okay i get you yeah so he like takes a bus to bluffington elementary in order to do a yeah club? from 250 to 330 <laughs> got it all right all right well doug starts to question roger and he's just like what about the great beat war what about me being a traitor what about everything we started this episode with well, is Connie still crying? <laughs> Roger just says, I told you I was joking, but no, you wouldn't listen. <laughs> Which is just so painful to hear right now. Yeah. And then Skeeter follows it up by further utter disconnection from reality. Just ignore him, Doug. You were the only one who knew all along that the Moody School didn't steal it. You didn't. You didn't know that. You convinced yourself that they did steal it. Yeah. This is just absolutely complete turning on and turning off of the higher brain functions. And this is the part where I circle back around to our good friend, the Neo-Hegelian clown. Oh, God. Conspiracy theories do not come out of nowhere. That's a nice little lie we tell ourselves because otherwise we have to face up to a basic bit of human frailty. Conspiracy theories arise from people trying to reconcile contradictions of their principles in a way that makes sense to them. QAnon, at its core, is people who believed Trump is going to save us, finding a way to explain the contradiction, Trump hasn't done jack shit, and coming to the conclusion, he must secretly be trying to save us, because otherwise I got totally conned by a man whose brain is pudding. The beat war was the kids finding the easiest way to reconcile, we're gonna kick their asses with this float, with the contradiction, it's gone now. The beat war was a dumb answer, but it made emotional sense, and it didn't mean they had to reach further for any other answer. Roger and company just forgetting their fury? Fucking stupid. They absolutely still feel fear and anger for the Moody School, and if they lose this competition too, they will immediately blame Doug for it, Because the easy way to resolve the contradiction is still sitting right there. Nobody just suddenly turns off their anger and hatred, as Doug comments in the next bit. 
The only way yeah. out of something like this is to heighten the contradiction. To make it clear to the affected people that their chosen reconciliation method, ah, nothing happened, don't worry about it, isn't working. And they have to come with a new one. It's what parents do with a kid who won't admit they've done something wrong. It's what Mother Nature does to bad little societies who thinks diseases are a thing to the past. And it's what the Neo-Hegelian clown did when Act 3 explosively kicked off one bright and shining September morning. But it is too soon for that, and Jim Jenkins' ideology can't imagine such a thing ever coming to pass. So in the perfect, eternal stasis that is Bluffington, anger and vengeance are forgotten as soon as they arrived at, like they were left behind by some kind of shitty ghost that just makes people upset arbitrarily. So where are you going with this? I understand. I understand you're saying that uh, it's like a weird arbitrary stoppage and this isn't how yeah, the reason why works. it's an arbitrary stop is because it's the 90s and Jim Jenkins doesn't have a way to handle the idea of hatred and vengeance. I Jim see. Jenkins just assumes that these just these things appear out of nowhere and they disappear back into nowhere just as quickly. There's no reason for these things to happen. They mm. just sort of occur. Any idea of looking for a cause, that's stupid. That's just trying to cause trouble. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess, okay, the root cause, though, was that the thing went missing, and it went missing because of excessive juice flow. So the root cause is excessive juice flow. Yeah, this is a problem Jim Jenkins has never had. <laughs> Am I right, fellas? <laughs> My God. <laughs> just had to bring it back to that. You're the one who brought up juice flow. You opened I the know. door, and we just walked through it. Maybe it's a maybe it's excessive brain juice. Or, no, that's uh, what we're suffering from. It's called hydrocephalus, <laughs> and it's a very big problem. It's extra cum. Oh. <laughs> it's when you get caught, you have so much backed up cum, it goes to your brain. <laughs> <laughs> it causes you to have brain children. That's where that phrase comes from. And Doug takes a lesson from this. There must be a lesson here somewhere. War is stupid. There must be a lesson here somewhere. Yeah. There should be a lesson here, but Jim Jenkins can't think of one. Because to think of a lesson here would involve acknowledging where any of these dark traits in human nature come from, and Bluffington is free of those things. Therefore, they must not happen. So maybe it's war is stupid, and then in quote, in like uh, parentheses under that, but inevitable and there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, not even but inevitable, <laughs> there's nothing we can do about it. It's war happens for no apparent reason. Just... There's no point in looking into why bad things happen. They just do. Every once in a while, God casts the spell, make war happen on some bad people. And all somebody like Doug can do is try to go with the flow. God. <laughs> and just make sure that he signs on so he doesn't get called unpatriotic. Well, we we close out the episode as Doug has... Lost Porkchop. Doug the Neo-Hegelian Clown has lost Porkchop because Porkchop is still at the school. The intellectual is still dancing, finding a way to dance among all the disaster for an audience now as everyone claps and we are told that he is very gifted because he's found a way to find joy in an otherwise bleak environment. By ditching Doug immediately. Yes. Hey, man. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so what do we take from this? Did did they nail the moral? Is war is I stupid? I think the real moral is that war is good, actually. Why do you take that from this? Because <laughs> <laughs> everything Doug says is wrong, so you got to take the opposite. 
You gotta oh. take the opposite position, and I, I mean, I don't agree with it, but I gotta do it. Oh god, <laughs> you gotta stick to your guns. You I bitch. gotta stick to it. I can't, I can't leave. Like once I, once I'm like a train. Once I stop, I can't stop. <laughs> wait, wait That's a minute. What we all Hold on. Keep going. <laughs> gotta keep going. Wait, I think you <laughs> said once you stop, keep going. Nope. you can't stop. <laughs> Taking us away from Sam briefly, I was recently (laughs) introduced to, I broke the podcaster's law and listened to another podcast. No! (laughs) I know, I'll be executed for this momentarily. But uh, I did uh, recently start listening to a podcast on uh, the James Bond movies and the interesting ways in which they suck. And one of the things that they brought up is that the early Bond movies are fascinating because... They suck shit in a way that is totally evocative of their time. Like, the first Bond movie is made in the dying breaths of the English Empire. And so you have these weird little flickers of Jim Jenkins knows bad things happen. But it is 1993, and those bad things are a thing of the past. They might happen sometime in the future. But we don't know why or how. It's probably just because some people will decide to be assholes for no good reason. And the good news is they'll forget about being assholes as quickly as they became assholes. Because people will just fundamentally want to go back to the way things were before like nothing ever happened. As I said again, this episode, if you'd made it in the immediate aftermath of 9-11, this would be an absolute brutal satire of what the moderate position was during that entire fever dream of about six years. Damn, so that's what you're taking as the moral from this? I'm taking as the moral of this that the reason Doug can't come up with a moral here is because Jim Jenkins can't come up with a moral here because his ideology can't process where war comes from. Huh. I like mine better where war is good. (laughs) Well, I can't decide, so I guess we won't have an answer. Well, actually, I am curious. What is your take here, Mike? What on what this yeah. this the moral here is? I think I I really like it, taking the moral of that pork chop has found a way to find joy even within conflict. <laughs> yes, okay. As the intellectual, as the intellectual who orchestrated this entire thing from beginning to end, so he could steal an audition slot. Yes, <laughs> that's a much yeah, happier I'm... moral than either of ours. Let's go with that one. Yay! No, mine's good. Mine's good. <laughs> Well, let's get this one here. <laughs> just gotta keep going like a train. Yep, just gotta keep going. Noted things that can only keep going and cannot stop once they stop. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone, on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time for the season finale of season three, I think. Uh, three, three. alright. If we're on track, this is the one where Mike loses his shit. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Choo-choo. I'm a car.